Greetings to you sisters and brothers. This is Steve Muhammad coming to you from Refuge Depot. As we all know, the weather is extreme. We need to prepare our homes to become a sanctuary and not a cemetery. Please go to refugedepot.com or click in the description below to find all your disaster preparedness items and survival techniques. That's refugedepot.com or click in the description below. If you have any questions, please call 937-985-0779 or email refugedepot at gmail.com. You gotta have, you gotta have, you gotta have knowledge for knowledge for life. You gotta have, you gotta have, you gotta have knowledge for knowledge for life. You gotta have, you gotta have, you gotta have knowledge for knowledge for life. You gotta have. Hello, everybody. How are you? I'm good, thank you. My name is Tammy Dixon Tatum, and over here is Dave Smith, and we are co-owners of the Disaster Management Systems. And the, uh, before we get started on telling you all about what Disaster Management Systems is all about, I want to tell you a little bit about Dave. Dave is the brainchild for Disaster Management Systems, and he has over 20 years of law enforcement experience, he also has a bachelor's in business. He is uh, certified in incident management. He has experience in homeland security, continuity of operations, continuity of government. In other words, he's well qualified to put together such a disaster management system. And as for me, I have a master's in public affairs. I've got experience in human resources, human relations, and office management. And human relations basically is protecting civil and human rights. So enough about us and on to what disaster management systems is. Let me ask you all um, a question really quick. In the event of a disaster, by show of hands, how many of you are prepared to, you kind of so-so, <laughs> get your hand up. So so you prepare to uh, protect your family in the event of a disaster. Just one, two, maybe, two and a half, three, okay, okay. Well, no worries, after today, after today, uh, Dave is going to uh, basically explain to uh, all of you how to not only uh, prepare and protect your family in the event of a disaster, but also how to restore everything um, so that you're back on track for your livelihood. So in regards to the disaster management system, it's actually in two parts. The first part here is actually a manual. I can pick it up and let everybody see the manual here. And in the manual, basically, it's uh, fill in the bank blank type of information. So in regards to, and it helps you to capture information like pertinent um, medical insurance, in regards to um, the medicines and stuff that you take as well, emergency contact, home insurance, car insurance, um, and also a step-by-step -step guide, again, to protect, prepare and protect your family in the event of a disaster. The other part of the kit is the uh, actual kit itself, and it's uh, equipped here, as you see, with a number of supplies. 
And in this kit, as you can see, we've got food, we've got water, first aid kit, and just all of the things basically that you would need in the event of disaster, again, to help you survive. And I don't know if many of you know, but how long do you think in the event of a disaster, how long do you guys think it takes for FEMA to get to you? Yes, sir. Yes, that is correct. Three days, about 72 hours, which 72 hours could seem like a lifetime in the event of emergency. So if you are not prepared to uh, keep your family safe for the first 72 hours, please, please, please pay close attention to the program we're about to present today. And with that being said, because I know time is short, we only have, I believe, about 30 minutes to get all this information out to you. I'll go ahead and sit down. I'll go ahead and be quiet, but please direct all of your attention to Dave Smith so he can tell you all about this disaster management system. Thank you. Thank you very much. Can everybody hear me okay? Yeah. I'm not big on public speaking, but I prefer her to be up here to do it, but that's all right. She did a good job. Let's give her a hand. Again, my name is Dave Smith. I spent 20 years with the Indiana State Police. Uh, on the police department, I did lots and lots and lots of things. Uh, part of that was uh, actually developing the emergency response uh, policies and procedures for the state police. Uh, from that is when I went over also to, and worked on the Indiana Department of Homeland Security Training Committee uh, for two years. And while I was on the training committee, one thing I realized it does take the federal government 72 hours to respond any place in the United States for any type of disaster. That number of 72 hours, there is no way they can reduce it. So I want to ask you this. When you left your home this morning, everything was all right. Is that correct? Yeah. Now what happens when you go home tonight and the only thing that's standing is your foundation? What do you do? Call me. <laughs> yes, call me. That's where this project, uh, this kit, comes into place to help you restore your lives. All of your pertinent information, all your birth certificates, social security numbers, family photos, money, everything is gone into the atmosphere. So where do you start? You just have the clothes on your back. For the last 15 years is how long it's taken us to do the research and develop this manual. In this manual, with what I just described to you, you just have a foundation left. Everything you need to rebuild your house from the foundation up to your everyday life is provided in this manual. It's in three phases. The planning phase, preserve, and then restore. One thing on the police department I always learned uh, while I was there, uh, when something happens, you don't have time to go find out what to do. So on our department, we've had thousands of rules and regulations to cover about anything and every kind of incident that could ever happen in the state of Indiana. That's the same thing for this manual here. So when you go home, you don't have to panic because you have this to refer to to rebuild your life. The first part of this is the planning, and that's where you're going to spend the majority of your time to get started. In the planning, you can identify everybody in your household. 
name, date of birth, social security number, uh, email information, cell phone information, uh, how old are they, where did they go to school, your kids, where does mom and dad work, who are the supervisors at work, what's the telephone number for the supervisor, what's the telephone number for the school, who's the principal at the school, and so forth. You're also going to build emergency contacts for your family. If we have a major disaster and it happens at 11 a.m., mom and dad's at work, the kids are in school, we have a disaster, where do we meet our kids? And if you can't pick up your kids, who's the emergency contact person in your plan that's authorized to go pick up your kids for you? That's good. All that's going to be documented. Passport information, medical information. The medical information is very, very critical but we're gonna want a pretty much a, a medical history on each person in your home. But we just wanna know the basic information. Do they have any kind of any special illness? Are they allergic to any type of medication, any kind of allergies? Uh, most importantly, what's the blood type? Does anybody, everybody here know what their blood type is? Why is that critical? Because if we have a mass casualty, the very first doctor that you see they're gonna have to guess, or they really need to know what's your blood type because they're not your regular doctor. So that's why it's important to have that documented in here as well. So we have a, a disaster at our home. How are you gonna to communicate to the members of your family? And this, you're gonna create your own communication plan. Everybody's gonna know each other's telephone number. Uh, when you go to your home or your neighborhood, and if it's destroyed, we're gonna ask you to designate one block of a meeting location that everybody out of the back knows where to go if your home is destroyed. If you can't get there, then we're also gonna have a backup location that everyone will meet. The plan, as we described before, is basically gonna go in and fill in all the blanks. Uh, with that also, you're gonna identify an out-of-town contact person where everybody in your home will know who that contact person is. If you're here in Ohio, what's your nearest relative uh, or a good friend in Indiana? Once you complete your kit, you're gonna give your contact person an actual copy of your plan because the plan that you have is now in the atmosphere. Because remember, you just have a foundation. Okay, so we're gonna make initially three copies of each plan. You're gonna have one electronic and at least two paper backups. And the third one is going to go to another person outside of your state uh, that you choose to give it to. Some other information we're going to capture into the plan is financial planning. The electrical grid is down. That means we can't use our debit cards. You can't use a credit card. So how do you make your purchase? Cash. So part of the financial plan is that you have enough cash on hand to get you and all the members in your family uh, that get you by for at least 30 days. Also under the financial plan, it's gonna, you're gonna document all of your insurance information, life insurance, medical insurance, car insurance, um, who's your agent, what's their telephone numbers, uh, what's your policy numbers. All that's gonna be documented. And I'm sorry I have to refer to this because there's too much to remember. 
How many people take care of, probably have at some point in your life, a loved one that may be ill or elderly? Okay? What's your plan for them? Someone is sick with special needs. You also have to have a plan for them that's here. Uh, what are their issues? Are they mobile? Uh, do they have a medical care provider? Who is it? The name, telephone number, name of the company, policy information, uh, their doctor information. Do they need special equipment of walkers, wheelchairs, canes, so forth. At the same time, if you can't get to that person, who's going to be your backup person to assist you to go get that person for you or to assist you to get that person if they're not mobile? Because you can't rely on EMS because they're overwhelmed, they just can't get to you. Okay, same thing for the elderly. They may be mobile, but they may need some assistance to try to get out and evacuate if they have to, if they have to do that. If you have a fire in your home, what's your plan for escape of a fire? It's in the middle of the night, the furnace is overheat, it started a fire, you in bed. Does everybody in your house know how to get out, how to escape? Anybody got that plan? Your boy does right here. <laughs> in this, um, you're gonna draw a plan, a floor plan for every level of your home. And then you're gonna train your kids and you're gonna rehearse like you did in school your plan because you wanna make sure it works. The time of emergency is not the time to find out if your plan works. With that, what are you gonna do if you have a chemical spill inside your home and need to evacuate? Or a railroad car is, is nearby within a half mile of your house and all of a sudden the fire department's knocking on your door saying you have to evacuate within 20 minutes. Are you prepared? Anybody? That's also part of the escape plan. That's having a to-go bag, right? That's the to-go to bag. That's this bag right here that's got everything in it. Always packed. Uh, everything is always kept up to date. For you to survive, that's 72 hours. In this kit, with the to-go bag, as we call it, you need to make sure you have enough supplies for every member in your home. And you can get these either for a two-person, even up to eight people in your family. This is very critical. It's the same thing for food. You have to have enough food, this emergency packets for food, uh, to feed your family for that first 72 hours. Because in truly, the first 72 hours, you're on your own. You can call 911 all you want, they just can't get to you. And I'm speaking from, that's just being honest, half the city's wiped out, we don't have the manpower to cover it, they call the state, the state's considered National Guard, they still don't have enough people, and then they're gonna request FEMA. FEMA's gonna respond to their first initial team to come right away, but for them to be fully on the ground with all the equipment, it takes the full 72 hours. So the first 72 hours, you are on your own. So this is very critical with what we offer here, with the manual and the kit for your family to survive. Some other things you're gonna cover in the planning stage. Um, if you have a vacation home, you also need to plan for that. If you have a business, you need to plan for your business because they're gonna be different than your plan at home.
Anybody know what sheltering in place is? Staying in your home. If you have any choice, if there's a train derailment and ammonia spilling out, uh, does anybody, anybody have an idea how to make a shelter in place? We're gonna cover that in here as well. Shelter in place is you're gonna stock enough uh, sheets of uh, plastic sheeting, duct tape, and things like that. And you're gonna basically go in like you see in some movies where we think they're, I would say maybe a scary movie where they got the tape up around everything and into like one room. That's basically what you're gonna do. You're gonna seal yourself and your family into one room inside your home. And it has to be airtight. So any kind of chemicals that's out in the air does not get in. And for you to do that, you have to remember to turn off the furnace and air condition because they suck, that sucks the air in from the outside and you can't breathe it. Sheltering in place. Again, you're gonna need your kit for that. We're going to ask you to take an inventory of everything in your home. That's in here as well, and that's for insurance purposes. So we're going to ask you to go in and videotape every room, and then go through and document in here, and there's a sheet in here that is going through out the information. I'll just use an example of your television. What model television it is, what's the serial number, what's the model number, and what was the value at the time of purchase. Every little thing, to include all your clothes, carry some type of value and you're going to need to show proof of that that you have to make an insurance claim. That's part of the kit as well. What about commuting to work and you have an emergency? You have a plan for that. You and your mate, what route do you take? What's the secondary route if you have to get one? Uh, if you take a bus or a train, what's the number? Which one do you get? Uh, which train to you know go to work and which train to come home? Talk to me about tornado survival. I'm sorry. Which we need. Yeah. Every disaster that we experience in the United States, from tornadoes to wildfires to hurricanes to space media, which most people don't realize, uh, that's when all the satellites can come crashing down to Earth. All of that is covered in here. So no matter what part of the United States you're in, or what type of disaster you might experience in the United States, it's covered in his manual on what to do, policies and procedures to follow, and how to, how to survive and how to keep you and your family safe. We even cover pandemic. Yeah, I can't say the word today. Help me out. <laughs> Pandemics, I think that's right. Pandemics. Pandemics, there we go. We even cover that. I'm gonna move on now to, uh, that's like the planning phase. The second part will be the preserve. And that's everything here in your kit. What we have here is just the very basic of stuff that you would need. And you may need additional items for your family depending on your family needs. There's two ways you can do this. In the manual, um, we recommend to you what supplies, and we have a list of supplies that you should that you could uh, be able to make your own kit out of. 
and it covers everything from food to water, flashlights, uh, waterproof matches, if you ever heard of those, and just everything it takes to survive. Uh, emergency shelter, your home is gone, mass sheltering, there's no room for you. So how can you take them, make some kind of shelter for you and your family? We're gonna have tarps, this is the tent, as an example. Here's your shelter. Ponchos, put some of these together and make a shelter if you have to. You know, you watch a TV series on how to survive where the guys go down in the woods and all that stuff and live off the land. That's basically what we're doing for 72 hours. Water. We can live without food, but you cannot go without water. Now, what can you do if you don't have any access to water? Anybody? Toilet. I'm sorry. The, uh, the toilet. Uh, yep. The back of the well, not it, but the back of the toilet. If it's there. <laughs> if it's there. Right. How many do you know? Which I don't want to recommend this right now, but if it's to save my life, I'm gonna go do it. But do you know you can actually go get water out of the river and use chlorine bleach, regular chlorine bleach nine drops per one gallon of the water coming out of the river shake it you can drink it it'll keep you alive it may not taste good and you may get a little dirt but when it comes to saving your life i'm drinking it there's a way you can process to do that yes That is true. Yeah, that is true. You can, uh, actually what you need to do is take some kind of cloth or something like that and filter it first, and then let it seep through, and then the water that seeps through, you can drink that. What do you have to do uh, in case you have to do an emergency evacuation out of your city, you guys have a plan for that. Emergency evacuation out of the city, you know how to do that. You know what the policy is for the city, where everybody in the city has to evacuate for some reason. For you. <laughs> He's a smart kid. I need him to go with me. <laughs> he is smart. But emergency evacuation plan for your family as well. Not only get out of your home in case you have a fire or a chemical spill, but if there's a, uh, say you're in Florida and there's a hurricane coming through, then what's the procedures to uh, evacuate the city like they do in that area? If you can't make your own uh, temporary shelter, there is a thing that once FEMA does get here, they would have what they call mass care shelters. But that's gonna pull up right away again. Everybody can't get into the school gym and sanctuaries of the churches, okay? If you ever have to do that, you need to keep in mind we all love our pets, and pets we consider some of them part of the family, but a lot of those emergency shelters like that will not accept pets. Now we talked about the filling out the manual and our kit. 
couple places where you want to store your kid is definitely one in a home and you also want to keep some type of a backup emergency kit in the trunk of your car and possibly a third kit to a trusted friend or family there again that's outside of your city or state that can now actually like FedEx it to you if they have the opportunity where you can at least get it overnight. We're also going to cover here about military preparedness of uh, your active or not and what the procedures are depending on what branch of military that you're in and how to report in. So with that, I'm going to go ahead and move on to the third part, which is restore. Which is restore. Restore basically is you're going to go back to your home to see what hopefully you have anything left. But when you do that, you have to be careful because you have floods or high waters and things like that. You got to watch out for the animals. Uh, snakes, alligators, anything else that may be in the water. Even a dog. If it's not your dog, the dog's going to be scared. So you don't want to approach any pet. Okay? Before you enter home again, you want to see what kind of structural damage you have outside your home. So you want to do an outside evaluation. If you smell gas, don't go in your house. Simply put, don't go in. The kid also has an emergency tool here that if you don't smell gas, you can go ahead and turn off the gas meter anyway just to be safe. With that, last but not least is all the procedures and everything you need to know and how to qualify for FEMA and all the documentation uh, that you're going to have to take with you to FEMA to qualify for any kind of disaster assistance funds. I know I've covered this very quick. Uh, there's been like it's been about a 15-year process of research and writing all this, but I kind of just touched on some headline topics that we cover, and believe me, there's lots and lots more. But maybe at another time we can come back have any questions. I'll be happy to ask you your question. And I think maybe in a couple of months we're going to try to do some type of follow-up so we can ask you a little further and ask you more detailed step-by-step -step on everything in this manual on how to, how to survive. Any questions? Governor, the right procedure is to take the governor 
to request their assistance. So if your governor didn't do that for two weeks, shame on your governor. I know. Is there, are, there any, are there any more questions? Because I know he wants us to wrap things up real quick. Yes, ma'am. Yes, uh, they will come around and share our information um, with everyone. And just real, real quick, too, also, uh, what's a part of this guide is um, active shooter. I know uh, this area has had a uh, mass shooting. Also, in this manual, there's steps to uh, prepare um, you all for. your right and you gotta watch your left it's not your enemy it's your friend and so today you gotta watch who's sleeping in the bed with you because the scripture said two will be laying in the bed he's gonna take one and he's gonna leave one two will be grinding at the mill he's gonna take one and leave one because Christ brings about a separation between the wicked and those who are lovers of righteousness. In Christ, all things are possible, huh? Check out, they had a trial. Can you imagine? They had a trial. After they had scandalized Jesus' name made the people who were his supporters suspect his miracles. Oh, yeah, some blind folk did see. But hell, they saw by the power of the devil. Yeah, some deaf folk heard, all right. But what was the power that he used? Yes, he turned water into wine, but this is magic. So the people saw with their eyes, they experienced the man, but yet they were so easily led to hate the man 
They were so easily led to turn on the man. And when the man went to trial, the man did not speak. Why don't you speak, Jesus? And if he could speak today, he would say, I'm not speaking. Because it's not my trial. It's yours. You speak. He didn't speak because it wasn't his trial. The people whom he had worked among, the people whom he had taught, the people whom he had healed, it was their trial. And at his trial, I didn't see Lazarus come up and stop the proceedings and say, wait a minute. I was dead and the man brought me to life. The blind man that he healed and the woman whose faith had made her whole during the time of the trial, none of them came. False witnesses arose. And that's what you got to watch out for, the false witnesses. They put the true witnesses to sleep. Bribe them, destroy them, intimidate them, be thin to them. Then false witnesses begin to talk. And then Jesus became scourged in the synagogues. He spat on him, he kicked him, mocked him. Finally, in a mock trial, they said, well, we've got to let one of these men go. You want Jesus? Or do you want Barabbas? And the people said, hey, Give us Barabbas. What was wrong with the people? That they would condemn a holy man and choose a thief. You know what it tells you about leadership? You only get what you deserve. You deserve a thief because you're thieves. You deserve a murderer because you're a murderer yourself. And that's why you like your own. So the people that crucified Jesus were of the same mind as Barabbas. So give us Barabbas. Kill the Holy One that's trying to bring us to the kingdom of God. He kept telling us the kingdom of God is at hand. You see that hand? The hand is the executor of the will of the mind. The scriptures say the kingdom of God is within you. But if it's at hand, that means that there's work to be done in order for the kingdom to be built. But every time you make excuse for labor, excuse for work, excuse for digging into yourself to mine out the kingdom of God that is buried deep down within. You excuse your fornication. You excuse your adultery. You excuse your drunkenness, your reefer smoking, your cocaine dealing, your freakish action. You delay the work of the kingdom which is at hand because you don't want to work on it. You want to think on it. You want to talk on it. But you don't want to get in and work to bring it forth and make it reality. So Jesus was a terrible man to them. Jesus was too tough for them. 
people always talk this old madness about how they love Jesus. Hypocrites. Jesus said, love is down me, feed my sheep. That's a big command to preachers. Talk about you love Jesus. Look at the condition of your congregation. Look at the condition of black people. Have they been fed? Are they being nourished? If you feed them, they're growing stronger. And if they're growing stronger, you should see it by the work of their hands. But here we are in 1981, and the president have cut off the food stamps. The president have cut off cedar. And over 600,000 families going off welfare. And you saying, Lord, what is we going to do? Lord, don't leave us now. Lord have never left you. You left him. You left yourself. So they crucified him. Put a crown of thorns on his head. You know the story, but you may not know the meaning. That's tragic to be able to quote the book but don't understand what the book is talking about. Anybody can read it and quote it, but the Bible said, blessed is he who reads and understands. So understanding is equal to reading. Hmm. His hands nailed, his feet nailed, crown of thorns on his head, pierced in his side. He asks for water, they give him vinegar. And he begins to cry out, I think, in the ninth hour. Things got dark from the sixth to the ninth hour. Then he begins to talk. And he says, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Look at the words. You promised me. You promised me that if I drank the bitter cup, I wouldn't permanently die. You promised me if I gave it up, you would return it to me. You promised me, my God, why have you forsaken me? One of the boys nearby said, look at him. He calls for Elijah. Wait a minute. How did Elijah get in this? Who is Elijah here? That Jesus is calling on Elijah. He said he called for Elijah. Let us see, will Elijah take him down? And it said he gave up the ghost, meaning the spirit left him. They took him and laid him in a tomb. Put a stone in front of the tomb and put a guard in front of the stone. But the man who was charged with God in the tomb, he fell asleep and an angel of the Lord appeared. Not the Lord, but an angel of the Lord, a messenger from the Lord, appeared and rolled the stone away. And when they looked, the man that they thought was dead, he had gotten up and gone, brother. 
Now those old faithless disciples, the faithless disciples busted up, went crazy. Didn't know what to do. The master was gone. What are we going to do? That's the way all of us act. When one of our leaders is taken from us, what are we going to do? Our leader's gone. Our leader's gone. What you mean, what you going to do? Nina Simone wrote the song, What are we going to do now that the king of love is gone? I can hear my sister singing that song. What you mean, Nina? What are we going to do? Do what he told you. The king of love is not gone because his physical body is gone. The principles that made him what he was and is and shall be, they are living principles rooted in the universe and its order. And if you and I carry those principles into practice, he ain't gone nowhere. He's alive in you and me. All praise is due to Allah. This is the all-new Final Call Radio, streaming messages and music from the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan worldwide, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Download the Final Call Radio app and take us everywhere. On your phone, on your computer, on your tablet, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also log on to FinalCall.com and click the Listen Live button or FinalCallRadio.com. Final Call, Final Call. Call Radio, the official voice of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan and the Nation of Islam. Greetings from National Network viewers. 